Hi, everybody. It's Sally Wagner with High Frequency Mindset Podcast. Welcome. And I'm very pleased to welcome our guest today, Lil Barkowski. Lil, I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Fabulous. I'm going to introduce you to everyone and then we'll talk for a bit. How's that? Love it. Awesome. So Lil Barkaski has been a self-starting entrepreneur for her entire 30 plus year career. In the past, she has been a successful restaurateur and a professional actor musician. For the last 15 years, Lil has been the CEO and project manager of a marketing and publishing company based out of the Tampa Bay area and a much sought after ghostwriter and consultant. She has ghostwritten dozens of books in the business, memoir, and even fiction genres. Lil is an author, playwright, blogger, coach, and consultant. As CEO of GWN Publishing Virtual Creatives, she heads up a staff of writers, editors, designers, and publishing experts. Lil also uses acting techniques to help speakers hone their stage presentations by using her extensive training in acting and directing learned in her home state, New Jersey, and later at New York University. Lil's main platform is writing for the greater good. Main topics include writing, speaking, publishing, and diversity. Uh, welcome again, Lil. So Good to be here. that is a, an amazing background. And I learned things about you that I didn't <laughs> know about you already. <laughs> so I'm very curious uh, to learn more about that. Um, but the, the first thing that really intrigues me is how you help speakers hone their skills. Uh, because, you know, I do a lot of speaking. People are now looking at speaking as a fabulous way to grow their businesses. And yet for a lot of people, that is an area of hesitation, perhaps fear. Um, how would you guide somebody who is at that point and is really interested in building through speaking? Speaking, as they say, uh, public speaking, people say often they'd rather, you know, die than public speak. Yeah. It's, it's scary. And a lot of people don't have, the, you know, the, it's really a matter of getting over that fear. And it is not easy for everyone. Right. When I teach uh, speaking, especially, well, I taught a lot of acting in my life. I'm a SAG actor. I'm a Screen Actors Guild actor. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I find that it really is a matter of kind of finding your center being authentically you and not being afraid to be authentically you, you're not going to be for everyone. Not everyone's going to like what you have to say. Learning how to take a breath, when to take a pause, when the most important thing you're going to say, you know, how to find that impact to say it. Dynamics are very important. You know, somebody who speaks at one level the whole time and keeps on going and talks to you, you're not going to listen to them. You have to understand the timber of what you're saying and, and what's what is your message? What are you trying to say to people and why? What are, what are you getting across? So it, it takes a little effort. It is it is frightening. Not everyone's meant to speak, but it is very impactful if you can do it. And it's I think it helps to start small. If you've never spoken before, get used to doing a one-minute presentation at your networking group. Be able to stand up for that one minute, you have you know, 60 seconds tops, say who you are, what you do, what you need, who's your target audience, how you can help others, and who you're looking to collaborate with. If you can get through that. Then we go to five minutes, 
Then we go to 10 minutes. Then we yeah. go to that, that, that 10 on, 10 text, yeah, 10 tone. Yeah, uh, it, that's so true. I, uh, the shorthand that I encourage people to use is who are you? What do you do? Who do you do it to or for? <laughs> and what are the results I can expect when I work with you? Uh, and, I, you know, I, we know each other. We do some groups together. Um, I do a lot of networking. I'm sure you do too. And there are times when I go to those and people stand up and when they're done speaking, I still don't know what they do. Uh, so I think there's a lot of clarity that's missing when people stand up to talk. Uh, and, and maybe that lack of clarity is because of their, they're nervous about speaking. I don't know. What, what's your insight on that? I'm, we actually just created a course because of that. They don't yeah. know what they do. The truth is it's yeah. not a matter of clarity. We have run into my, my, my joint venture partner and I, uh, she went to, I won't say the name of the coach, but she spent $50,000 with this coach. And at the end of the day, didn't get a lot out of it. And we have watched this coach take on a hundred people after a five or 600 person meeting at the tune of $2,000 a month. They can't afford it. They have no idea. They have no point of view. They don't, they have a heart to do something great. They want to be great coaches. They care about women. They care about people. They want to, they want women to have abundance or they want confidence coaching or they, they genuinely don't have an actual honed in point of view. Yeah. And they're not a hundred percent sure themselves what they do, which is what you're seeing. So yeah. I actually wrote a course recently about entrepreneurship and uh, it's a very inexpensive course. We have affiliates you know, helping to sell the course, but it's a, it's 15,000 words, six modules that takes you through. What is your value proposition? What is your point of view? What's your mission statement? What, who's your competition? If your comp competition is charging 1997 for a three month program, you're not going to get 49.97 for the same program unless you're doing something completely different. And maybe you are, but what is it? What's your, what, you know, what, what skills and craft do you have already? So I think a lot of what you're seeing is people absolutely aren't ready to make that speech. Now, sometimes they are. And I was going to say earlier, and I should say earlier, uh, we're saying now, speaking, becoming a good speaker is like any other muscle. Right? You don't go to the gym the first week and you're able to lift you know, 200 pounds. You go and you lift 20 pounds, then yeah. you lift 35, then you lift 50. It's a muscle you build. So sometimes what you're seeing is somebody who does know exactly what they're doing. They know that they just haven't built the muscle to stand up there and they haven't mapped it out. They haven't written it down. And I'm not suggesting you practice something where I, I really don't like canned speeches, but the first time around, you might want to at least have bullet points. I'm going to make sure I say this and this yeah. and this, and then you practice it. You say it enough times to where you can just kind of say it five or six different ways, given the room you're in, read the room, right? Learning to read the room is, is, is essential. You're not going to speak the same way to a group of, of white males as you are going to be of African-American females or you know, young people as opposed to old people. It's very different. You have to think about that audience and who they are. I always say my dad spent a lot of money for me to go to college to learn three words, know your audience. And yeah. one teacher <laughs> used to say that all the time, know your audience. Yeah, so, and if you know it, you can kind of, then you can kind of shift, but you have to know you, you have to know who you are. And like yeah. I said, authenticity is everything, being exactly yeah. who you are. I'm not I, trying to be presentation. Yeah. There's acting and there's presentation. We we call uh, when, when like, and I don't mean to disparage community theaters. I think they're wonderful, but for the most part, when you go to a community theater as opposed to like a professional theater, they're more presenting than they are acting. 
Right? Yeah. They're waiting for the next line, so they know what the next line is to say, and they're they're not in the moment. They're not part of the character. They haven't been taught that. It's not their fault. They're there to have fun. They're there to have their friends come and see yeah. them play. Yeah. But when you get paid thousands of dollars to be on a stage, you got to be right, you know, or be in a movie, millions of dollars. So it takes it takes a lot, you know, to, to know those things. And it's just it's just practice. It's like anything else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, it, and it, you're right. I mean, it it is a matter of the authenticity knowing who you are, being able to present that. Um, as you were talking, it reminded me of a TED talk that Francis Fry did uh, on the trust triangle. And one of the legs of that is authenticity. And it's so important to have that because people sense it, you know? If you're not authentic, if I'm not authentic, people know that. Uh, And they may not consciously know it. They may not go, oh, wow, you're not authentic. But they pick that up, and and when you're not authentic, then it's hard to do business with people. Right. I, I always say, and I get I get kickback sometimes on this. I don't believe that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. They do business with people they like, that they then get to know, yeah. and eventually build trust with. Likeability. Yeah. Likeability is immediate. Yeah. It's an immediate guttural response. It's a visceral mm. gut response to someone. Some people, you give, you give that response, you meet somebody and immediately think, I don't like this person. What's yeah. this And then you meet somebody and you go, oh my God, I really want to get to know this person where there's something. And that that's something, mm-hmm. that reason that you say that person I want to get to know better is because they're genuine yeah. and they're authentically them. And it also is with people that, that you don't like. If you're authentically you and you're a certain <laughs> kind of person and your politics yeah. or your demeanor or your attitude is such and that's who you are, don't pretend to be someone else. Yeah. Don't because you're gonna then they're gonna find out who you really are and they're gonna then they're gonna be angry. They're gonna feel fooled and tricked. But yeah. if you act like if you just be you, you're gonna find your own tribe. But you have to find the tribe that that that, that, that you, you know that you look look at the look at the United States Congress, okay? Could you be more diverse? I mean, the people who believe in this person don't believe in that one. The people that, that somebody said, Oh my god, that woman's nuts. You know, people voted for her, loved her. Oh, that guy's a pain in the I don't believe they voted for that gentleman. They believe that they have their following. Yeah. Regardless of what it is or what they do or what their politics or their thoughts or their or their religious beliefs or their whatever, they have their following. Mm-hmm. Don't try to have a don't try to get everybody. You're not getting everyone. You're wasting your yeah. time. Yeah. And that's such an important uh, step in development, I think, to get to the point where you go, I don't I don't need everybody to like me. It's okay if if everybody doesn't like me. And conversely, it's okay if I don't like everybody else, right? You're not gonna, you're yeah. not going to. Yeah. So you, and don't pretend you like them if you don't, because you're only gonna wind up in trouble. Exactly. Yeah, and they know it. Everybody knows it. And they know it. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the publishing aspect of what you do. Because again, people are wanting to publish because that's a good way to build business. That's a good way to establish credibility. And you have amazing credibility in that field. We just completed a book project together, which was amazing. So how could you guide somebody who is interested, who hasn't yet gotten into that realm? I like to say that publishing is the dream job I never knew I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what happens? You backdoor into things. I've been so, I've had I'm just an incredible life. I'm very fortunate. I've, I've been a musician. I've been a chef. I've done all kinds of crazy things. And about, probably about seven or eight years, I've always written. Uh, my father was a published uh, tech, technical writer. He wrote a science tech, textbook that your children probably used. The entire country used it. It was a very popular eighth grade textbook. 
uh, Houghton Mifflin major production, you know, major publishment. So I've been around that my whole life. But I wrote fiction mostly as a kid and some nonfiction. And he was, he was like, don't quit your music job. You're a better musician. And I believed him. So I didn't write, you know, and I started writing plays. And I, my plays all got produced. So little by little, I realized I, I, I am a writer. And I started working with another company. I did a lot of ghostwriting and eventually started my own company. And the, But with the gentleman I was working with that I, 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 I was writing for was publishing and he got very sick. And we had eight books that had to be published within two months, all of them while he was very ill. And I learned quickly how to do what to do and what we were doing wrong. And when he got better, we parted ways and I started my own company about four years ago. So there are three kinds of publishing. I'll try to be brief. One is traditional publishing, like my dad, Houghton Mifflin, big company, that technical science, you know, kind of. Thing. Um, but there are only four or five published books. And to get into traditional publishing is near to impossible. There, there you have to be kind of famous or you have to have something really, if, you, if you've written the next Harry Potter, you've got a shot, but it's going to take a while. And you have a long time to get that to that point. And then there's self-publishing, which again, you've got to put all the parts and pieces together, get your ISBN numbers, find someone to do your cover, find someone to properly do the interior design. You know, all those things have to be done and they're not easy. We've learned over the years, even with the book, I think you were in, we'd learned some stuff about changes that Amazon had made without telling anyone they're mm -hmm. Amazon. They don't have to tell you. <laughs> they're yeah. not going to make an announcement. Hey, we changed everything. You know, so fonts change. You could, we couldn't use certain fonts and we were like, what is going on? Right. So you learn as you go, right? And we've learned a lot. And as we go, something changes. I've got two women who is a lot in life just to make sure we don't mess up, who do the exterior and the interiors and do the file uploads and all that stuff. Yeah. So that, so you can self-publish, but you got to figure all that stuff out. And then we're what we call a hybrid publisher. We do a little traditional publishing occasionally, uh, especially like compilation books. Uh, heartfelt. I'm working with an autistic gentleman. He could not possibly get someone to publish this book, nor can he afford me. We're just going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Okay. Mm. So we do that. But for the most part, people just pay us a flat fee. We do all the work, just like when you go get your oil changed in the car, get your mechanic to fix it. We, you know, we do the mechanics, book cover, all that stuff. We charge you a flat fee. And then you go ahead and put these files, we upload them to your own accounts so that you can then collect royalties. We don't want people's royalties. That is very rare in hybrid publishing. Most of the time, hybrid publishers keep control of the book and they pay you maybe 80% of your royalties. They keep a small part. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas traditional publishers, it's more like they keep 70% and you get 20 or 30% if you're lucky. Yeah. So, uh, but again, if, you know, you're going to be in Barnes and all. So with, with what we do, we, we get you set up so that you can then get your books cheaply as an author, get your author pricing, get your own royalties. You can promote and market your book. And mainly our, our, our nonfiction writers are seeking to be speakers. They're seeking to, to go out and talk and, and use the book as a tool to either create a course later or as, a, as an adjunct to a course they're doing instead of, hey, just want to read the book, read the book. I'll take the course, you get to spend time with me and read it, right? So there's a lot of ways to use your book, but we don't tell people they're going to be millionaires by writing the next book on abundance. It's not going to happen, okay? They're, or on or even a chapter in a book, it's not going to, but it's a great, great tool to utilize, to elevate who you are, to elevate your speaking career yeah. uh, and to have that book in, and, to, and to legitimize you as the best of something or another, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And, uh, and hybrid publishing, like I said, for us and for some others, it's just a flat fee or it's a flat fee in a small percentage. Yeah. And that's such a great option for people, right? Because it, you're right. It, you know, the traditional, the legacy publishing, that's very difficult to break into. And um, 
you know, that eliminates a lot of people. And, and we hear those stories about, yeah, uh, you know, so-and-so submitted 50 million times and finally she got accepted. And now look at her, she's, you know, fabulously wealthy. It, that doesn't happen for most people. <laughs> and if you've written the next Harry Potter series, go to traditional publishing. If it's, yeah. Think about it. You can right. light or you can say you don't like that series or you don't think it's good. There's nothing like that. It changed yeah. how people perceived right reading with their children. Yes. It literally changed the world because adults found that to be so compelling and mm -hmm. children were able to read and people were reading with their kids again, which yeah. was a game changer. And 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 it's and I think and there are certain other you know books of that nature, but it was so unique and, and there's so very few things that are that unique in that realm. Lots of people write fiction and hope to get published, especially in the science fiction realm. Fantasy yeah. and science fiction is probably the biggest thing. And some romance or romance follows a, a, a formula. And if you don't yeah. follow that formula, you're probably not, you know, and again, you're better off to try to hook up with whoever does that and say, I want to write, you know, what's the formula? I'll write, I'm a good enough writer. But yeah. fiction and, and with any other book, even nonfiction, one of the things you need an agent, probably you're not going to have a publisher that's going to look at you, you need an agent. You need a book proposal, which can often cost as much as a ghostwriter writing your book. Yeah. A typical book proposal could cost five, six, seven thousand dollars just to have somebody break it down. They don't want, hey, these are the chapters. They want you to, they want to, it's a format and it's expensive. So yeah. by the time you get all that done and then send it into an agent and then they send it, you're looking at years before anybody looks at it. And yeah. then they they turn it down 90% of the time. Yeah. It goes in a sludge box. It's, it's very and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's and very competitive to even find an agent who is willing to take somebody on without that credibility already. And if they take you on, they, they, do they have credibility? And then, yeah. you're, then you're just sitting around waiting for something to happen. It may not happen. Right. It gets, it gets frustrating. Ah, my hair is funny. <laughs> we got all my hair out. I'm trying oh. to get used to it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at myself going, oh, like a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look great. It's so hot here in Florida. It's hot or no. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I know. It. I, and, and we're neighbors, right? You're, you're a little bit north from where I am, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, you're in... Uh, I'm about halfway between St. Pete and Sarasota. Right, right. You're not as far as Naples. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're like Englewood area, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah it's just as hot here as it is there. Yeah, I, something's yeah. happening. Florida turned all the heat on. I know. Oh, I know. We were, we were uh, outside this morning for breakfast and my husband said, you know, it's really humid today. <laughs> I don't really think bad. we'd be sitting out here if we didn't have the fan going on. <laughs> but well, we got fans and everything else. Yeah, but you know, in Florida, you want to be outside as much as you can, and until it's too humid and you can't be out anymore. We yeah. got to go to an event last night. We had to get all dressed up, and and we were so hot. <laughs> but we sat outside and, and and ate outside at an outdoor bistro. But it was just miserable. It was miserable. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, the publishing world is a very tough nut to crack, and. The hybrid publishing that you offer is an amazing opportunity for people to get into that field because it really does add a lot of credibility. You know, I <laughs> I've changed all of my uh, social media now. I can say a number one international bestseller, right? I mean, right. that's an amazing add-on for uh, somebody who has a business, somebody who's building a business. Uh, it's an amazing add-on for people who then want to use speaking as a way to grow their businesses. So, uh, such an amazing service that you're offering to people. Thank you. Yeah. We had another big success yesterday. We're very excited. 
uh, Dr. Ifrat Ifrat Lamandre. Her book went number one uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday, uh, and she wrote a book called "It's Not in Your Head," which is about uh, how you're not you're not feeling well, and and it's a wonderful book. It's really great. Talks about inflammation and the things you think are arthritis sometimes they're inflammation or gut health or leaky gut it's a lot of really really great books to read so that's and she's she wants to speak and she's a terrific speaker so she's gonna make that elevate her speaking career it's gonna be great that's awesome yeah i did see your post about that that was an amazing feat for her i hope you got one it's it's hope you got a copy yesterday yeah yeah i'm definitely interested in all that kind of stuff i you know inflammatory disease is such a huge issue for people And it's yeah. well written. It's really fun. It's a fun read. It's it's really nice, simple read. Tells you her story too. She's a great, quite a character. So yeah, and I love your entire approach about serving the greater good. Um, so how did you come to that? By accident. Yeah. I was on a, a thing. I think it was Twisted Networking with a, a lovely lady, Giovanna. I can't remember her name. And I just said it, and everybody went. Oh my. And I said, yeah, you know what? That's going to be our mantra for 2022 was last year. And I said, I think that we have come because I've, I've, I've had some partnerships with people that recently that I've, you know, had to walk away from that. I learned that my integrity is more important than anything. And I can't work with people whose only thought is how much are we charging? How can we charge more than we're worth? How can we get more money out of these people? How can we that's not who we are as a company. And knowing that, I think said to me, I said in my head, you know what? If we're not working, writing, publishing, living for the greater good, we are not going to make it. If we do that one way or the other, we're going to be a success, whether it's financially, emotionally, karmically, we're going to be a success. And if, and I promised them, I said, I promise you that that's the truth. And I just said these words and I said, if, and if you don't, I promise you, you're going to fail. There's a promise I make to you that if you say, I just, I'm about the money. I'm about, you know, I'm not, if you're a doctor and you went to being a doctor because you want to be a millionaire, you're somewhere, your karma is going to get messed up, you know? And I really believe in that. So that's kind of what we're doing. My whole company feels that way. We all feel like, and I say, I like to say, we, we choose to work with people who write books that educate Elevate and illuminate. Those are our three key words, right? So Doc, her book, she just got her doctorate in, 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 in functional integrative medicine. She's looking to educate. She's looking to illuminate you about, hey, you know what? That's not probably what's wrong with you. You know, this is maybe what's wrong with you. So yeah. she's trying to do that. And, and she's trying to elevate her own career and talk about these things so other people know the truth about these things. So that's mm-hmm. the kind of, and we do a lot of memoir. We do a lot of things, um, pieces by M.S. Monroe, stunning book. She did not realize her husband was sexually abusing her daughters until the third one, the realization came from a teacher, God bless her, wherever she is, who said, this is why your daughters are freaking out at 17 or 18 and leaving. This one's 14. You better stop it now. And she was able to stop that. And her first sentence of that book is, before we were a statistic, life was beautiful. And it's so empowering. And it's such a, and she's going to go talk to other women about watching for certain things and not to monitor your husbands, but to to watch when you see your daughters, maybe some uncle or some cousin or some boy or something hurt them. You know, yeah. here's some of the things to look for. Why your daughter isn't just rebelling. She's got a problem. And follow that path yeah. and find out what the answer is. So that's the kind of thing we like to do. We like to do that kind of book. We don't publish every book that comes down our, our way. If it's not in a good place, we'll tell you. you no, know, it's if it's not 
impactful or good for people, we're not publishing it. If it's not ready, we'll tell you to go back to the drawing board. If it's close to ready and you're willing to have us edit it, then we'll edit it. And if you can't write it all, we'll work with you and write it with and for you. <laughs> yeah, but we got we cover, we meet you where you are. I like to say wherever you are, we meet you there. So yeah, that's fabulous. So a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, in my coaching, I use an acronym MSG, and that stands for Mindset, Skill Set, Get Off Your Asset, because I think that really encapsulates a lot of very important principles. Okay. As you look at your life and your business, is there an overarching principle? And if so, what is it that you would point to that you believe has contributed to your success? Wow. I have so many Lilisms. <laughs> I actually have, I used to have a website, Lilism.com. <laughs> I, I, there's a couple of things that, that are my point of view, I think that helps. Um, that really kind of match, I think. Um, I believe we do what we want 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. I get back, kicked back about that, but I really think we do. I think that if we, and if we follow that, that's okay. You know, if you, you make choices in life and I've made a lot of choices, I've said, well, this is more important than that. I'm going to do that. You know, I believe that if we save ourselves, the world will follow. We have to be, be ready to take care of things. We have to be okay here and then we can help others. You can't help others if we're a hot mess, right? Um, I think that, I always say I was going to write my, I am eventually going to write my, my autobiography. And I thought my, my story started with my uncle's very public suicide when I was six. But it really starts with my dad throwing a book at me when I was about 14. And he said, read this book and it'll change your life. Wade through the first 50 pages. They're a little boring. It'll change your life. And he threw the book, The Razor's Edge at me by William Somerset Mom. Yeah. And eventually I saw the films. There are two films of it. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that changed my life because I am a digital nomad. I do what I want. I go where I want. I've, I've been, I guess I'm my own, like, like the lead character on my own quest for God, my whole life and whatever that means. And, you know, that's a brilliant book that I think took me to writing plays that had that sort of mantra and that sort of idea about really, who are you? Really? What do you want? Don't do what you're actually supposed to do. Get off your asset and do it. Right. Yeah. You know, get up and go and, and don't be afraid to jump off the cliff. I do believe that the, the net does appear, you know, and it has never not appeared for me. Uh, you know, I've always left and has always been the net. And I don't know if that's just sheer luck, or my my uh, faith, or if it's you know, my guardian angel who follows me everywhere I go, apparently. So, yeah, I love that. So, last question is how can people get in touch with you? Oh, well, um, I own two companies. So I own GWN Publishing, which is actually our website is Ghost Writers Network. But we don't ghostwrite every book. So we use Ghost Writers Network. GWN Publishing is our publishing company. If you went to that, it would take you to the publishing page of Ghost Writers Network. And I own Virtual Creatives and always have. Uh, so right now, my email is lil at virtualcreatives.com. And you can email me, you can, or you can pick up a Calendly uh, with me and, and, and find 20 minutes, half an hour to speak with me. Uh, Calendly.com is wonderful. I'll plug them. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so, so easy. And it, it integrates with everything. But I'm at Calendly. I'm Lil the Ghost. So you can find me at Calendly as Lil the Ghost and book a time with me. You know, Talk to me about, I, I love to talk to people. I don't mind. I'm busy, obviously. 
But, uh, and I block off a lot of time that I am busy on my calendar. So you can't book, book a time with me. But if you catch time with me and you want to hang out and tell me what you're writing, what you're thinking about writing, or hey, one of the girls in one of our books, Sierra, was one, she was on Facebook the other day and she started interacting with all these people who were looking for publishers and saying, Gina B, I'm publishing. It's the greatest publishing company in the whole world. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like five people have contacted me. Who knew that, you know, people have a hard time figuring out how to publish their yeah. books. They don't, they'd rather spend a couple thousand dollars and get it done than have to do it themselves or try to figure it all out piecemeal. And we're very inexpensive. We're very reasonable. So, um, yeah, so to do that, get a hold of me and, uh, you know, so yeah. the smoke signal, I'll talk to you about, about, about writing and publishing. Absolutely. Yes. Everybody, make sure you check the show notes so that you can get all of that information because it will be there. And absolutely do reach out to Lil. Uh, amazing source of information for speaking, for writing, for all of those ways that we all want to build our businesses and increase our impact and our presence in the world. We yeah. do try. Yes. Well, Lil, thank you so much for being here. I've certainly enjoyed our conversation. I this is great. You're you're terrific, and and I, I hope your coaching business is just you know leaps and bounds, bounds grows, and it's wonderful to see you doing that. So good, good, good. And I, I think you're a terrific coach. So thank um, you, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And thank you everybody for joining us today. Make sure you check us next time for High Frequency Mindset Podcasts.